Man, welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 257. Jason Lingren is with me, and Clive DeCarl is back. We're going to talk about some things to open here uh, that relate to happiness. So many people not happy right now. There could be physiological reasons for that. We'll find out from Clive. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Good morning, Crow. How's it? Oh, fine raininess here, but just great. And you? Uh, we stepped into a real fall feel. Um, but I suppose that deserves mentioning. They're reporting that the equinox will be on the 21st, which, of course, is not correct. The mid and upper U.S. will be the 25th, down in the deep south a day later. Uh, as has been proved previously, equinoxes are wholly dependent on where you exist your geography, uh, putting a kink in the model we're handed and the idea that somehow they can report a day for the entire world, which is not correct. But if you don't have anything, let's jump in here. Sounds good. Welcome, Clive. Thank you so much, Crow and Jason. Thank you so much. Great pleasure to be here again, and a great pleasure to be able to perhaps inspire people to become happier. Well, let's get into that. Uh, It's always good to shine uh, a ray of sunshine in times like these, people losing hope. But uh, the truth is, we need to go the opposite way, don't we? Well, absolutely. What I'm going to talk about is actually so important that the British government some time ago actually passed an act of parliament to stop the food industry abusing this product because what they were afraid of was this product, if added to food, made people very, very happy. And obviously, as we know, that doesn't necessarily suit the agenda. So they passed the tryptophan act. Uh, Tryptophan is, is an amino acid, but it's not any old amino acid. It has two specific things about it. It is essential, which means you've got to get it from food, and it's also indispensable, right? So it's an essential, indispensable part of you. Without it, nothing works properly. And I mean, when I say nothing, I mean, it's the building blocks of your body. You know, it's in in every hormone. It's, I mean, we are, let's say, 2% minerals and vitamins, vitamins and stuff, but we're about 70% amino acids, you know, really, we, we are, we pay attention to minerals and stuff, but people don't necessarily pay attention to the amino acids. And they are so important, particularly with happiness, because tryptophan uh, basically creates serotonin in the brain. And serotonin, as you know, is the hormone of happiness. It's triggered by dopamine. You know, dopamine is where we get the drive, the, the motivation the will to do stuff, you know, that, that get up and go. And that's dopamine. And then at the end of the day, with a job well done, we're flooded with serotonin, which is happiness. So how many people are not happy and why? Well, I'll give you one good reason, which is, you know, you probably know that Bayer, you know, Monsanto have just lost the biggest court case ever, just massive payout. So, you know, in, interesting story there. But aside from that, uh, their big product, you know, glyphosate Roundup, depletes tryptophan. So the raw materials that should be building tryptophan in foods and so on really isn't there. And glyphosate kills what little there was left effectively or deprives the plant. It's a herbicide of uh, minerals and you know that, that's how glyphosate works. So the issue is how easy is it to replace and is it safe to replace? And there are two safety issues that I want to stress. 
So anybody who uh, hears what we're about to talk about, tryptophan wants to try it. If you have breast cancer, you cannot use it, right? Just one or two things you can't do. do. If you've got breast cancer, you cannot use tryptophan, which is unfortunate. And there are one or two other things which, which we'll discuss as, as we go through, if that's all right. Now, bear in mind that today, if you ate a nice orange produced commercially, that would probably be the equivalent of uh, an orange that your grandmother ate not that long ago, or the equivalent of uh, you know, eight oranges that we're having now would be equivalent to one of grandma's. You know, it's, it's something like that. So tryptophan is something you want to take at night because some people who maybe haven't slept well for 20 years all their life may find on night one, taking tryptophan before bed, they suddenly sleep properly. Uh, it can work that quickly. Now, why, why is it working? Well, part of it is its ability to reduce anxiety. Part of it is more serotonin. Another huge part is that serotonin changes to melatonin. Now, melatonin is the hormone of sleep. If you get up in the middle of the night and turn the light on, that switches off the melatonin. If you're in a room where there are lights coming through the curtains at night, you may find you're not producing melatonin, so it keeps switching off. So tryptophan creates melatonin, which is one of the reasons why it's so good for, for sleep issues. But it's also good at the other end of the day for the motivation. Why are a lot of people unmotivated? Why are they just you know, lost in, in the sea of apathy? It's because of the glyphosate withdrawing their tryptophan. So you know, the famous tryptophan food example that's always given is Thanksgiving dinner, where everybody has you know, the stuffing and the turkey and the potatoes and all that. And they say, well, I go to sleep after, after a big meal like that. And people say, oh, well, it's the, the turkey because it's got the highest tryptophan of any food. But interestingly, while this is true, the carbohydrates are probably giving more tryptophan to the body than the turkey, which is r the richest food in tryptophan. How could that possibly be? How it is, is that carbohydrates reduce all the amino acids in the body except tryptophan. So people get a rush of tryptophan, which makes them very sleepy, but that explains why people love carbohydrates, because they get tryptophan. Carbohydrates make you happy, because carbohydrates, it's not that they're full of tryptophan, but they reduce all the other amino acids, because that, you know, carbohydrates aren't necessarily the best thing all the time, depends, everybody's different. But it explains why a lot of people are seeking carbohydrates and becoming maybe type 2 diabetic as a result or putting on a lot more weight than they want to or being addicted to, to wheat, for instance, which is a very addictive product. So a quarter of a teaspoonful of very inexpensive, proper, real tryptophan powder may suddenly sort out your sleep, make you lose weight, might ease pain. It will certainly help reduce uh, some toxic load. It should make you happier. Now, the other warning is that if you're on an SSRI, tryptophan produces serotonin. So an SSRI, Prozac, that kind of family of drugs, is a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So if you took tryptophan while you were taking an SSRI, you could get an overdose of serotonin, which naturally created, you know, there's no such thing as too much happiness. So you can't have a 
a natural overdose of serotonin, but obviously with an SSRI, you know, you could have a very, very nasty turn. Uh, could even be fatal, I, I would imagine. So uh, SSRIs, breast cancer, this is where you can't do it. But otherwise, the interesting thing is people notice it so quickly, so quickly, and I think almost everybody is low on tryptophan. Just people don't think about it. People aren't aware about it. And uh, I'd like to talk more about the amino acids, but I'll pause for, for me to take a breath. And what do you think? Well, the, the only time I think I've ever heard of tryptophan is, is associated with uh, Thanksgiving and turkeys. So I'll have to ask a lot of people not eating meat anymore and peculiar to Thanksgiving. A lot of people are not down with how the turkeys are farmed in the first place. So what kinds of foods you mentioned kind of obliquely, but are there specific foods that have high amounts of tryptophan in them? Well, you see, the, this is it. Is that how we would normally get our tryptophan, or is it from eating carbohydrate foods that, I mean, it, you know, basically animal products contain all the amino acids in the ratios we want. And while a lot of people don't like the idea of eating animals, this planet Every animal eats another animal virtually or gets eaten by an animal. You know, this planet is the great eating. Everything is eating everything else. That's how it works. And I've seen people radically ill, radically ill, particularly vegans, get better the moment they started adding meat to their diet. I know people who've had IBS for 20 years, and the moment they added meat uh, or went completely carnivore for a, for a time, fixed their gut. You know, we're dictated to by the food Nazis who say, you know, everybody must be this or everybody must be that. And at the end of the day, everything has consciousness, whether it's a vegetable uh, or uh, an animal. And, uh, you know, it's about gratitude and being sensible about what we choose to eat and being, I mean, if we're all one, which we are, then if we're going to eat meat, we would want to make sure that everything's done for the absolute benefit of that animal until the time of its demise. And I would want that to be fear-free for the animal. You know, I, if I eat meat, I try to go to a biodynamic farmer uh, that I know, and generally speaking, the biodynamic farmers get, get the animal production, food production thing right. And to get through a cold winter, our ancestors are, you know, here in England, without fish, there's always fish in the sea, without meat, getting through a winter, you know, without cheese, without, you know, I mean, Getting through a winter in England, Scotland, you know, would have been very difficult without animal produce. Incredibly difficult. Well, we're, we're starting to cross over. You know, this is a bit like race, religion, <laughs> abortion. The moment you start bringing up, you know, I was going to try to sidestep this so we could just have a level conversation because th this ends up being fighting words every time. No matter how it's framed, uh, people are very passionate about whether or not uh, eating meat is acceptable. Um, I noticed that there are a lot of people that are moving away from eating meat, and I grew up with a lot of people who quit when they were young. Uh, some of those people did not get the nourishment they needed, lost their teeth at an early age, uh, but that's really beside the point. This comes down to a personal choice, so I'm not going to engage in what's correct and what's not. Everybody has to make up their own mind, but it sounded to me like you were pointing out, unless you take what I think you were uh, asserting is a powder. Um, most tryptophan is taken in through carnivorous products. 
Well, I- exactly right. I mean, I-, I didn't eat meat for 25 years, actually, so, I- so I've experienced both sides, and I recommend that everybody's different. But the thing is that on my website, I, you know, I-, I have two amino acid products. One's pure tryptophan, and the other is an amino acid blend, and they're vegan, right? Because people obviously, you know, a vegan diet can be fantastic for a while, and Obviously, for the vegans, they're the ones that most need the amino acids. Hence, we do a vegan one. And the only reason we can achieve a vegan one is because the products are fermented. And you know, most amino acids in the shops or online are made in China from animal products. Most amino acids are made from human hair. Uh, human hair has the most cysteine. So the chemical companies buy human hair from the barbers in, in China. And then it also comes from things like duck feathers and so on. But, uh, uh, you know, I believe that we, we want the best. Whatever the best is, that's what we're trying to achieve. So the idea that it's vegan, I find very attractive. The idea that it's natural, I find attractive and essential. You know, it, without the, most people are lacking these essential ingredients that are life, that are energy. Now, I forget whether it was melatonin or serotonin, uh, the one that's supposed to help you sleep. And I had tried that in my life. And in fact, you, it does help you go to sleep pretty quickly. Uh, it helps you rest up. But then there were claims coming um, that if you took, and you'll have to correct me whether it's melatonin or serotonin. Is it serotonin? Um, it's a white powder that you used to get from places like GNC back in the day. But the claim was if you did that regularly, um, your body would quit making that. Is there any truth to those ideas? Well, I mean, it would appear that people's bodies aren't making them in the first place. You know, about maybe 25% of people are born with low dopamine levels, for instance. Uh, People are born with low serotonin levels. Some people are different. Some people are blissfully happy and others become addicts. And and the ones that become addicts generally have an amino acid deficiency. And again, it's very often because people aren't eating the food that their ancestors ate. Generally speaking, our ancestors had it right. You know, they'd learned by trial and error, you might say, how to get through the winter. All right. So we had to take a break there. Um, You could hear the birds behind Clive. He was out in the garden and then uh, a monster lawnmower seems to have started up. So we had to shift. But uh, let's get back to it. Um, You know, it's always amazing to me when you find something that works immediately. And I think it's serotonin. Hope I have that right. Um, for sleep at night. Uh, and the other thing is things like honey, how many people knew if you take a spoonful of raw honey, you will dream like there's no tomorrow. I mean, guaranteed it's incredible, but to get back to the serotonin and correct me if I'm wrong, if it's melatonin, I can't remember because I remember we had something to do with both at the time. Melatonin is for sleep, and then serotonin is what it turns into once the light starts hitting your eyes. There it is. So I guess I should be saying melatonin. Um, But again, Clive, the claim was if you take melatonin regularly, um, that your body would quit producing it. Uh, Do you feel like that's a true claim? Well, I don't know. Actually, to just put it right, serotonin, which is what tryptophan uh, creates, serotonin then, then becomes melatonin. So... Uh, by taking the tryptophan, you become happier and you sleep more soundly. And there are some incredible things about melatonin. Now, the idea that you could have too much melatonin, um, assume it's natural, is disproved by blind women. There was this extraordinary research done about blind women who just saw black, right? So they had no sight at all. 
turned out these women, as far as I know, never got cancer because melatonin was never turned off because they never saw light. And therefore, they were flooded with melatonin 24 hours a day, which protected them against cancer. Wow. However, see, melatonin made in a lab may or may not be good. But I think uh, I interviewed uh, Dr. Walter Pierre Paoli about seven years ago, I think it was. And he's the Italian professor who's one of the experts on uh, melatonin. He's been taking it for a long time. And some of the anti-aging experts believe that melatonin is an anti-aging product. So I can't speak for the safety of it other than it's been researched by quite eminent people for a very long time. And uh, you know, so I, I'm unaware that, that it, it could be dangerous. But as, as you say, I mean, that, this sort of thing that your body might stop producing it, obviously it's clearly always a possibility because we, we are all so, so different. Just uh, one thing about tryptophan and difference some of us are intolerant to folates, you know, some types of B, B vitamins. And some people have the MTHFR gene SNP. So if somebody is overmethylated, overmethylated, then probably tryptophan won't agree with them. But for the undermethylated, sometimes it, it can be life changing. And right. schizophrenics, uh, manic depressives, many of the depressive types are, are undermethylated and probably missing zinc and one, one or two other things as well. So to be clear here, since I kind of messed up the conversation, serotonin is a white powder. Is that correct? It can come in white powder form. It's certainly the stuff I, I sell is a white powder indeed. And uh, it will break down in the body into melatonin and other many other factors. It's indispensable. It's in every cell of the body. That must have been what we were doing back in the day because I could never keep track of the two. It's been so long, I've just forgotten. But it really does help you go to sleep more quickly and sleep more soundly. But let's get back to the tryptophan. So what form is the tryptophan that you can take? The one I recommend is vegan L-tryptophan, the L form, vegan L-tryptophan. Do you provide both of those things on your site? Uh, yes, yes, I provide the L-tryptophan and then the essential amino acid blends, which contains L-tryptophan. But see, there's an interesting thing about amino acids. A lot of people know about them from the whole bodybuilding sort of crew, the people who are interested in muscles and putting on muscle and going to the gym and so on. So in the old days, the muscle builders used to eat maybe 10 steaks for breakfast or whatever it was to get the protein, which then broke down into amino acids and peptides, which you then which the, your body then re rebuilt into protein again to build your muscles. So then they discovered that they could cut corners, so to speak. Instead of eating 10 steaks, they could just get, eat the amino acids. So amino acids got very famous because they're pretty much harmless, uh, do a great job at building muscle, you know. And the bodybuilders started uh, making the formulas to make mega muscle, and almost all the amino acids you're going to find in the shops where it says branch chain amino acids or whatever it is, almost all of them were designed and built for the muscle building industry. But most of us actually aren't muscle building exercise freaks. And the ratio of the one they're likely to sell in a store near you is really not what you or I actually need. And if you're elderly 
what you need is to build up muscle. You know, so many of my clients, my older clients, say, well, I just don't feel like eating. You know, I just haven't got the appetite for it. So if you give them a quarter of a teaspoonful of amino acids, even though they're eating like a sparrow, they can still put on muscle and be happier, et cetera, et cetera, sleep better. So the amino acids are super important. And obviously, the older we get, the less able we're able to assimilate the amino acids out of the food that we eat. You know, just like we, when the older we get, the more difficult digestion becomes. So amino acids just overlooked. You know, most people know about vitamins. Most people know about the minerals and so on. But how many people have ever considered amino acids, which makes up, you know, 70 percent of our entire body? Well, I, I got to say, you know, I've done things over my lifetime and occasionally you get to a thing where it works and it works pretty quickly and you're all, wow, and you start looking at supplements differently. Um, but the truth is, is all supplements are not created equal. But the last experience I had was with you where I had a finger that was catching. They call it trigger finger. And the VA was trying to tell me, oh, you got to get cut. Only one way to do that. And they were also saying, by the way, only diabetic people mostly get that. And I'm, I'm not diabetic. Um, so I was already doubtful about what I was being told. And you gave me some magnesium. And almost immediately, I mean, like within an hour, I saw improvement. And now I'm playing my mandolin again. Uh, my finger's not catching. Uh, it's amazing to understand that you really, I didn't need surgery. I needed some damn magnesium. But to cap off before I get Jason in here, so if I've heard everything correctly, most tryptophan is going to come from meat products. There are a lot of people now who are not eating meat products, but the tryptophan that you provide is classified as vegan, so it would be fine for that portion of uh, beings that are not eating meat, right? Right. It, it's derived from fermenting vegetables, uh, non-GMO ones, I'd like to say. Yeah, it's perfect. It, People have no idea how healthy some of the fermented things are. Um, I, I learned it when I was in Japan, the soy sauces, the miso, incredibly, incredibly important to our diets and slowly getting lost. Very few places making things at the same level they used to. But you want to you want to get in on this, Jason? Well, let's talk about what you offer, Clive. And if somebody wanted to also supplement it with actual food items, what would they be consuming? Food. <laughs> The answer always is uh, what is local and seasonal around you combined with, well, what did your ancestors eat traditionally? Because, you know, I was speaking to somebody today from, from uh, Chile and she looked so weak, it looked like she was going to die. I mean, really, you know, 50 years old or something, looked awful, absolutely awful. And I asked her what she was eating and she was uh, a vegetarian and uh, I asked her, when did you last feel well and what did your ancestors eat? And she immediately gives me the huge recipe of fish and meat and so on that her ancestors ate and what she grew up well on. And when she decided to change her diet, things began to go wrong. But at exactly the same time, she um, had a psychopath, I'm sorry, a dentist, put uh, metal fillings with mercury in her mouth. And I think a combination of nutrient deficiency and uh, mercury poisoning was the cause of her weakness and distress and probably fairly easily fixed. But I can tell you two stories that just happened this month regarding magnesium, which are really instructive. Uh, the first one was that this woman rings me up about a month ago, very distressed. She explains that she's had an agonizing life and it sounded terrible. 
And she said, well, I'm suicidal. I can't do it anymore. Suicidal. So I suggested she took two magnesium capsules, just like you did, every two hours. And she rings me up two days later, having taken 12 magnesium capsules in divided doses for two days. And she said, good news, no longer suicidal. It's amazing. It's amazing how quickly it worked on something like a physical malady. And it doesn't surprise me to hear that. But I will mention, I think it bears mentioning, my wife and I, I do the magnesium when we do vitamin C. We do a few other things like the iodine and the fulvic minerals. But the vitamin C and the magnesium, if you don't find your balance, it can put you in the bathroom sitting down in the bathroom. And, you know, from my point of view, you don't want to be doing that for very long. So you need to find the balance. You need to understand that if you find yourself with diarrhea and you've been doing that, that could be the cause. So, cause at first I had to find my balance point. Once you do, it's fine. But I don't know if you agree with me. I don't think having that happen for a week, you're washing a lot of good things out of your body probably, right? Well, a lot of health specialists and doctors have very, very divided opinions on what is a good idea. Now, pretty much everybody feels that a good clear out, let's say once or twice, at the beginning is a very good thing. And the most dramatic one I ever had was this woman who found a small piece of yellow Lego that came out. And she reckoned she'd had it in her bowels for 25 years at least, because she was 28 and would have remembered swallowing a piece of yellow Lego if it was after three years old. So I, I was listening to Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, funnily enough, this morning, uh, a YouTube video. She's incredible. Suzanne Humphreys, expert on, on vitamin C. And she was suggesting that if you're treating something serious, uh, that you should actually go for a couple of loose stools, loose bowel movements for maybe a week, twice a day, uh, to get things out. Because a lot of people have a very sluggish metabolism and a lot of gunk really stuck in there. But you see... You know, the first, maybe you've heard the story before, but the first time I ever saw terminal cancer reversed was at the advice of Linus Pauling, who advised my friend to take 35 grams of vitamin C every day. And instead of dying from cancer, as they were told they were going to, uh, the vitamin C kept them alive for another 20 years. So vitamin C is one of these ultimate answers to energy, pain management, inflammation, almost everything. I mean, it's, it's the, along with vitamin D, you know, from sunshine, it, it's absolutely critical and pretty much everybody's low on it because of modern farming practices. Pretty much everybody's low. You know, well, that's the whole principle behind, or one of the main principles behind the Gerson method, which has cured so many people of serious cancers. And I don't want to be rude, but the thing that's referred to when you clean out, as you said, all the gunk in you, it's a liver dump. And if you've done the process, you know, you can tell, and it is pretty astonishing when you've lived most of your life, never having cleaned out in that way, what comes out of you at first. But the thing is, you feel like you're 16 again, uh, when you get a good liver clean out, which is how they describe it. I don't know if that's really the right, seems, seems reasonable. You, you know, it feels like that, uh, when you do it. And so the whole basis of the Gerson method is getting every cell the nutrients. Of course, they're using vegetable matter to do that. But the process that follows that is cleaning all the toxins that are built up. And Jason, do you remember who was it? Was it uh, must have been Franco Lina who informed us that you're picking up? What was it? Do you remember? A, it was a kilo every 10 years. A kilo of toxins in your body every 10 years. And I, 
I buy that, man. When I did the clean out, it was astonishing. All of a sudden, you just feel younger, and it's like almost immediate, but it's a lot of work to live in that way. But I guess if you're dying of cancer, you're not too worried about the work. But I wanted to point out that the Gerson method backs exactly what you're saying about flushing all that kind of gunk out of you. There are other ways that you can keep yourself very clean. I mean, the two ways that I use on on my own body are vitamin C. It's one of the few things I do every day. And fulvic minerals. You know, fulvic minerals are the antidote to glyphosate, right? The antidote. Uh, There are a few antidotes out there. There's the very, very famous medical doctor, Dr. Zach Bush, who is fantastic. If anybody hasn't discovered him, he's great. And he has a product called Restore, which is uh, a little bit similar to Corvic Minerals, but not nearly as good. It's extracted from the anardite. It's a, um, it's like a bit, bit like coal. And it doesn't have fulvic minerals in it. It's a fantastic mineral supplement which neutralizes glyphosate, but it costs about, I don't know, $100 for a month's supply or something. The fulvic minerals that I have uh, are about $45 for four months' supply. Whole different ballgame. And uh, it's incredibly cheap, you know. And they work, by the way, Clive. I've told the story. My wife got one of those little white. It's not a cyst. I don't know. It's not a sty. I don't know what you call it. It's right on where your eyelashes are. And it was there for years. Um, and we were getting ready to go in to see what could be done about it. And we got your fulvic minerals four days. That thing was gone in four days. And I was like, damn, real deal here. Well, it's such an interesting material. And the reason it's so interesting is that uh, the deposit where it comes from is they reckon somewhere between 30 and 40 million years old. And at that time, supposedly, things were a lot larger. And supposedly, according to the DNA records, there were four times the amount of fauna and flora that there are now. Anyway, um, there's nothing quite like these ancient deposits. You know, a lot of people say, well, I've tried mineral de- mineral deposits. So I've tried the Utah deposit, which is just magnesium and not much else. They, they, they've tried other fulvic mineral deposits. But very few are of the level of the one that, I, that I've been using for the last 12 years. It is absolutely exceptional. And it's um, a tenth of the price of almost everybody else's. Because, you know, it's, it's the unfortunate truth that a lot of people out there are in it for the money and not in it necessarily for people's well-being. And making money and being having people's well-being is not mutually exclusive, but obviously there's a lot of greed out there. And a lot of the health industry has been taken over by the pharmaceutical industry. So people say, oh, I tried magnesium or I tried vitamin C and it didn't work. That's because they didn't try a real product or the right amount of the product, which is one of their other tricks. Well, I notice even your email, they try to censor your email to me all the time. And I have to go say, nope, this is not spam. Um, some time will go by and then you'll send me something right into spam. It goes and I play this game over and over. This has been going on for months. So I'll get one in spam. Then I'll get a number not in spam, then right back to spam. And we play this game over and over. And it makes no sense. As a matter of fact, one of the newsletter type things that you sent me was marked as likely dangerous. So I played that game. This is not dangerous, uh, but it goes on and on what, what's going on in our world. And these things, some of these things, They work, they work quickly, they're safe, 
I don't know, I guess we'd, we'd call them supplements, right, Clive? That would be the proper term? Yes, uh, food supplements, one has to call them. You know, they have to be food and you can't make a claim, you know. Legally, I can't say anything about any of them. You know, anything that I say that sounds like a claim uh, isn't. It's just fiction. I'm just making it up because they can inject children with an untested vaccine containing all sorts of poisons. Uh, yet, uh, if I if I say one good thing about vitamin C, uh, you know, they, they can take me to court. It, it's just uh, absolutely incredible. I noticed when, when we use the vitamin C, like if I've actually skipped a day, um, you get energy almost immediately from that um, once you find your balance. But Jason, I don't think he got in very much here. Vitamin C, I guess we can't say anything in relation to, hmm, how shall we word it, current situations? Well, uh, I'm sure I don't know what you're referring to. And <laughs> yes, of course, there are three wonderful things. There is the vitamin C. Uh, sunshine, i.e. vitamin D uh, in winter, and uh, zinc. Now, some people who are eating zinc-rich foods, sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, eggs, some animal products, various vegetables are uh, rich in zinc if they had zinc in the soil in the first place. But uh, you know, those three are perhaps the, the big keys. Uh, there's no reason why anybody should ever get you know, any flu-like problems. They really shouldn't. You know, when I learned the keys, which I teach everybody who wants to know, uh, you know it's not difficult. Uh, you know, I haven't had the flu for well over a decade and don't plan to have anything, anything remotely, you know, cold, cold, sniffly like ever again, ever. Because I know what to do is to not to get anything like that or you know, anything, hopefully. Well, since there's some suggestions of waves are a coming, what would you suggest people to keep away sniffly things? Well, uh, it's understanding what the sniffles actually are and without going down the explanation of is the virus really a virus, I can say that whether, whether it's what we normally think of what virus is or whether it's actually a form of detoxification, vitamin C is just the perfect antioxidant. It is the perfect uh, way to rid yourself of toxins uh, it's fantastic, and you know that's perhaps number one alongside making sure you either get enough uh, sunshine or take vitamin D, which is incredibly inexpensive. Uh, you know, a year's worth of vitamin D would cost you twenty dollars or something like that. But you might need to take a lot. I mean, some people reckon that about eight thousand IU's of vitamin D is what most, the average person needs in winter if they're not getting much sunshine. Uh, but you can, for about $20, you can get a little vitamin D test and test your own vitamin D levels. You know, you can almost assume you're going to be low, but test it anyway, then supplement if you are low, then test again a month later, you know, see if you've got the amount right. But it's it's also happiness, you know, sad, you know, they have the lights to make feel, people feel happier in winter. You know, light, vitamin D is all all linked to happiness. Another factor linked to happiness is sleep. You know, and we, we mentioned tryptophan and sleep, but there's something else. I had another incredible result this month with magnesium. This woman, uh, about three weeks ago, hadn't slept properly for 20 odd years, woke up maybe three, five times a night. And within one night, she slept through the night, first time in 20 years. What did she do? She took two magnesium capsules 
every couple of hours, took 12 in a day, slept through the night. You know, she did the other things I generally recommend, like fulvic minerals and vitamin C. But as far as I could tell, you know, again, I think it was a big success for the right dose of the right blend of magnesium. Yeah, so much of what we're talking about comes down to the underscoring issue here, which is most of the foods we get have been industrial industrialized, corporatized, and they just simply do not have the nourishment in them. You know, I never really thought about this until I think it was my grandmother. Um, we were in a store and she wouldn't buy the tomatoes because she said they taste like water. Um, my grandmother had a garden, in, an organic garden in her backyard uh, the, her entire life. And it took a while for me to realize what she was saying all that time back then, but it's true. When you go into your average supermarket now and you get the produce, there's very little flavor in a lot of it. And a lot of it is picked way too soon so that it can be induced to ripen with gas and other methods or simply the time it takes to ship it. And this is really underscored in what we see with organic bananas and non-organic bananas. Um, we found a decent place for organic bananas around here. And they I tell you, a banana lasts in two weeks. That's unheard of. But some of these organic bananas don't go brown. And even when they're starting to be beyond where I, I want to eat them, they're not browning out in the same way, all these other things. But Occasionally, we find uh, apple season is here. We go to where they're growing the apples, so much more flavor in them. Um, the truth is, is our food supply has been depleted for most of us. Isn't that really the underlying problem to all this? Well, one of the banana signs is that as a banana ripens, it should go brown from where it's connected to the plant. But if you see a bunch of bananas that's yellow, but the, the stalk part is still green, that one has been ripened artificially with gas. Huh, that's a good thing to know. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's such a shame uh, that food has been destroyed. You know, 100 years ago, the American government said there wasn't enough uh, nutrients in the soil. You know, 100 years ago. So there's nothing new about this. And, um, you know, it, it's regrettable, but either one's got to forage. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm out collecting any wild food I, I can find. I'm eating delicious wild plums at the moment. If you you know if you're lucky enough to have that such things left in your environment, or supplementation really, or grow old varieties. I mean, I think the most valuable uh, thing you could do right now is to get old varieties of seeds and start planting them, and grow your own stuff. You know, stuff that used to only have half the harvest, half the yield, but tasted fantastic. I was going to do an episode on apples. Um, I had no idea what a, what a tale it is, where the apples came from, what part of the world, what it takes to actually grow an apple that we like, that we say tastes good. But more than that, um, at the turn of the 1800s, the claim on how many what they call heirloom varieties of apples was in this country, and it's just been decimated. It's a small fraction of what it once was to the point where there are a number of growers that I'm aware of in the South uh, trying to keep a, a, alive the heirloom apples. And, and you know what they say, an apple a day. By the way, apples, carrots, pretty basic things in a store, um, but these are the depleted items and these are on the menu and things like the Gerson method. Um, I've heard so many stories about cancer people surviving on vitamin C, carrots, um, there's a few of these things, and, and these things play into the Gerson method, and so it's no wonder uh, why they've been depleted to the point where 
when you go to a store quite often, the mega stores, they'll have one variety of Apple, maybe two. It's crazy. There were literally thousands of heirloom varieties of apples. And by the way, if you take an apple seed and you plant it, the apple you get, it is very rare when you pick the fruit that eventually gets there and you think, oh, that's a good apple. So apparently when you're trying to get to an acceptable apple that people will say, that's good, I want to eat it, um, it's not an easy thing to achieve. And we've literally lost the thousands and thousands of heirloom varieties. But they're not totally lost, and one can graft. You know, a lot, lot of grafting uh, can go on to get uh, a lot of uh, different uh, varieties on one, one, one tree. It just comes down to people growing them, because of course many of the trees will be growing somewhere. Um, there are people who took seed, uh, although that's another problem. Monsanto and other companies were making runs at all the heirloom seed companies, buying them up and claiming they were genetically modified. So that went on for some period of time too. Um, but yeah, if there's trees growing, I think of avocados, like where I come from, San Diego, avocados is big, big business. And it got to the point where there was pretty much one kind Haas. Go look up online the story of the Haas avocado. It's claimed that a postman accidentally came across the variety in his yard and that every other Haas was generated from that famous Haas tree in a retired postal worker's uh, yard. And again, that's another story. In San Diego, there used to be Calavo, Fuerte, all these different varieties of, uh, of avocado, but the Haas was so loved, it, it dominated the market. But here's another thing, though. you got to wonder where we're going to be in 10 years because Jason and I have a common friend up in the not quite the Great White North, still in this country. Um, and his young ones are actually getting farming courses in their school, um, in grade school. And one of them might be junior high, not sure. But at a young age, they've actually reintroduced farming classes. And I was happy to hear it. Yeah, that, that's brilliant. I mean, about, about time. And one of the great answers for seeds are the seed libraries. You know, uh, there are people who've started seed libraries around the world where you rent out the seeds, right? Just like library book. And then at the end of the season, you harvest the seeds and send them back to the library. Mm. It's free. Do you know the story, the real story of Johnny Appleseed? Seed, that he was actually planting the apples because he, he realized that cider was going to be really popular as people went west. Why is that? Yeah, tell tell the story. It actually is an interesting story, and people have very little knowledge of why cider was big because of te of the temperance movement. Well, not being from the states, I only know a tiny bit of the story. But my understanding is, uh, school children are taught that Johnny Appleseed was this wonderful hero because thinking ahead, he knew people would love to eat apples, and he planted apples in advance of the settlers, uh, so he could make money, and they would have lovely apples to eat. But in actual fact, he realized they'd want a lot of alcohol. And it was cheapest, quickest way to do it. But, <laughs> but there's a temperance thing as well, isn't there? Well, that's the thing. Um, the, apparently, I, I, now I forget what, because the, there, was, there was a big coverage where they said Johnny Appleseed wasn't the guy who thought he was, but there was apparently actually a guy doing what is attributed to Johnny Appleseed. But then the whole tail end of that story was there was a temperance movement where alcohol was evil. And cider was a very easy way um, for people to get an alcoholic beverage. So apparently the, the Johnny Appleseed story is tied to that. I've forgotten. Um, I'm sure someone could look it up. Um, but apparently there was supposedly an individual who played the role of planting a hell of a lot of apples, which, you know, that's that's a 
bit of a misnomer to me too, because knowing the tale that I just told where you can plant a thousand apple seeds. And if you get one cultivar where everyone likes the apple and calls it good, yeah, we'd like to eat these. Um, but then again, when you're making cider, I think the constraints are different, but I'm, I'm just not sure at this point, I'd have to go back, but we'll pick another kind of middle of the road topic to close out so we can get back to hour two and address some, uh, some more pressing things that won't fly out in the general public anymore uh, because Caesar owns all the social media. I could talk a little more actually about vitamin C and amino acids because there's so much more that, that I think people are going to want to know. Uh, let's just talk, talk a, a bit more about amino acids. Why do wrinkles happen? Things like vitamin C and amino acid deficiency. Why do people have skin problems? Well, same again, plus iodine deficiency. Why do people have problems with their fingernails? You know, nail strength, but amino acids play a huge part of it. Arthritis, just feeling tired. Our bodies are made up of the amino acids. You want to take them on an empty stomach, right? On an empty stomach works better that way with water. And, you know, all your neurotransmitters are built of it. You know, think of all those people who've got neurological issues, Parkinson's, MS, whatever it might be. You know, your neurotransmitters are built from amino acids, as are your hormones. I'm making a bit of a meal of it, as are your bones. All of us, every part of us, uh, the army play, playing helicopters, it's massive. And with things like vitamin C, you can notice, well, let me give an example. Mothers who are giving birth, if they have the right amount of vitamin C, which they've taken uh, before birth and during the birth, they have something like nine times less tearing at birth. Babies with enough, enough vitamin C do not get jaundice. The reversal of jaundice is not bilirubin. It is, and not light, it is vitamin C. The doctors don't know this. Sinus problems, headaches, vitamin C can be the answer or the you know, deficiency of being the cause. You, know, you get a sore throat gargle with vitamin C, vitamin C. There are a couple of different types. There's sodium ascorbate, which is the type that, let's say that you had a gum issue, you had a gum infection. Well, you could swish around sodium ascorbate in the mouth and hold it there, and the vitamin C would be good to literally physically mend your gums and right there and then. But that's the sodium ascorbate. You wouldn't want to use the other version, which is ascorbic acid, because that would be too acidic on your teeth. Whereas there are other cases where the ascorbic acid is the better. And the interesting thing is that you know, people say, well, there's magnesium ascorbate, there's sodium ascorbate, you know, various different ascorbates. Why do they call the other one ascorbic acid? What is it really in chemical terms? Well, really, you could call it hydrogen ascorbate. But being the acid version, it can be fantastic for a host, host of things. And I've got videos specifically on uh, vitamin C where I've interviewed uh, doctors and so on. And probably the greatest expert at the moment on vitamin C are Dr. Saul, uh, Dr. Levy and Dr. Humphreys. And it's so worth knowing what you can do with vitamin C because almost, you know, almost everything becomes dealable with. So everybody should have possibly both versions of vitamin C in, in their cupboards at home, you know, if the shit hits the fan. If, if we do have to become self-reliant, we really need to understand that some really simple materials, you've got a skin issue, 
well, vitamin C of the right type directly on the skin could be the answer, could be exactly what you need. All these simple things can re really save lives dramatically. You know, magnesium could stop a heart attack, stop a stroke, bicarbonate can stop a stroke. All these simple things that are on my website, you know, I haven't got much on there, but they're the key ones because we are self-repairing. And what we need to make sure we have is every tool in the book that we can self-repair and help others self-repair as well. So the amino acids, is that also in powder form typically when you take it? Yes, currently we sell both versions in powder form. Uh, in about a couple of months or so, we will actually have uh, an encapsulation machine, so we'll be able to do capsules as well. But for the moment, they're just powder. And generally speaking, if you have a squeeze of fresh lime or fresh lemon with it, uh, that is, people seem to agree that improves the taste. And uh, you don't need very much, you know, start with no more than a quarter of a teaspoonful of the L-tryptophan and start with maybe a quarter of a teaspoonful, half a teaspoonful of the blend. You know, some people need, need much more of the blend, but generally speaking, people don't need big doses of tryptophan. They just need, you know, a small amount. So very economical. Is the uh, amino acid a disagreeable taste that you, you're doing? You're, it's getting dissolved into water, right? It, yeah. It, um, children won't like it. You'd have to mix it with, with a bit of juice or something to, to have children do it. For, for me, I don't mind. It doesn't taste that bad to me, particularly with a squeeze of lemon. Depends how fussy people are. But uh, we, as I say, we are putting it in capsules in the future because people do complain from time to time. Uh, but usually the benefits will outweigh outweigh the uh, the side effects and people have found that uh, not only does their some of their stress go away and they get the motivation back but they stop being an addict you know one of the big big things about amino acids are their ability to uh, give you the dopamine rush that you would have got from a drug or alcohol and you know, we can talk in the second half about how to turn off uh, the body's own toxins so if you're giving up let's say heroin or crack or alcohol or whatever, if you stop your body, why people get these nasty side effects is, is because they're nutrient deficient, but also that they're lacking the ability to turn off their own body's antitoxins. You know, you take heroin and your body will make an anti-heroin. So you suddenly stop the heroin. Now the body's got to deal with the antitoxin and there are ways to turn that off. You know, it's it's such a tell. Um, we had such a problem with opiates. Everybody knows it. Um, very few people out there that weren't touched by the just wholesale handing out of such an addictive substance. And I was shocked when I saw, and I think it was during the Rush Limbaugh way, way back. And he's claiming he came out. Well, come to, come to find out there was, I think it was an injection they would give to people addicted to Vicodin or something like that, and it would immediately block the receptors. But the thing is, is they like within a day or two, they were good. They would immediately go into a sneezing fit, such a strange thing to see, but they didn't feel horrible. And one thing knows, anyone knows who's seen what happens when someone tries to come off something like, it's horrible, man. Um, it's a nightmare. And for some people who don't have the tools, it can last months to get back to zero. Um, and even then you're feeling a little sluggish and here all along, they had these injections and other things they could give you, which put you as close to dead rights as you could be, um, after being addicted to something like that. But it, it goes to show you what's going on in this world. And I've, I've come whole hog 
around on the idea of supplements. And the reason I was asking you about the amino acids is because you sent me some and I have yet to, to give it a go, which I'm going to do. Well, it'd be very interesting to see what you notice. See if you see how quickly you notice anything. And, um, you know, I, I, I try and give some to anybody who's staying with you or whatever. So your idea is that you start with a quarter teaspoon. Is that what you said? Uh, yes. Uh, or you could go straight to half a teaspoonful uh, you know, if you're fitting well. Some people uh, go up to five teaspoonfuls or, or even even maybe 10 teaspoonfuls. My friend finds just a quarter of a teaspoonful and she's got energy all day. So start with a small amount. See if you notice and you might want to watch my video on amino acids uh, if you want to know more. Uh, unfortunately, we can't we can't put any details on the website about it because you're not allowed to give anybody advice. Crazy. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up hour one here, Clive, so we can get into hour two and actually speak freely because it's such a kind of dicey thing. I know they're breathing down your neck all the time, even in just the email I see from you. But Jason, anything you want to get in before I wrap up? Well, God forbid that we tell anybody to eat healthy and take nutrition as medical advice, but we're not giving you medical advice. You know, and I'll, I'll say one thing as I wrap up here, because I know I'm almost certain, and I hope it's not true, there's going to be a fight about whether you should eat meat or not. There's a lot of spiritual things that point to it being good not to, but the truth is, when I look at these things, I may know what the spiritual truth is likely um, but I've seen enough people who came from backgrounds where their ancestors ate meat and they do not fare well. I mean, I literally had people I grew up with lose all their teeth because they weren't getting the nutrients. And then I see other people um, that are really into the food and they're completely vegan, but they make such a wide variety of different foods and they seem to be okay. So let's just suffice it to say this is a personal choice and um it doesn't need to be the whole race card abortion religion politics argument and i'm hoping that doesn't doesn't break out um but i, I almost feel like i know it's gonna but that does bring hour one of episode 257 when we come back uh, we're going to be able to address a lot more things openly Join us over at crow777radio.com. That's C-R-R-O-W-777 radio.com. That's the only real site. Uh, rumor has it, the fraud site. Actually, there's two of them are about to get pummeled down. Maybe there is some justice in the world, but you know, people go around just ripping off all your work and doing whatever they want with it. Maybe the piper's coming to make them pay. We can only hope. But anyhow, join us in the free speech zone at crow777radio.com for hour two with Clive DeCarl. And we're going to, how would I phrase this? be able to more openly address the concerns at hand. I'll leave it at that. There it is, man. Cheers.
is the enemy, is the enemy of knowing. Come.